to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast, the show that empower you to redefine the life you want and live your best life now. I am Francine Belay, your host, digital and change strategist, specialized in personal branding. I am also a speaker and author of the book, Personal Branding in the Digital Age, How to Become a Non-Expert, Thrive and Make a Difference in a Connected World. I am super thrilled to bring you inspirational stories, strategies, and practical tips to get more meaning in your work and in your life, earn more money, and lead a movement to change the world. I am on a mission to help purpose-driven entrepreneurs who struggle to attract their ideal clients. When they work with me, they find a clear, profound message that positions them as an authority in their field, easily attract their ideal clients and impact thousands of people globally. One of the biggest problems I see with purpose-driven entrepreneurs is that They've got big ideas and great vision. But when you look at their brand, you can't see any of that. Which means they are putting all this work, their heart and their soul into it, but they are not really seeing the return because nobody knows what they do. It doesn't have to be that way. And I would love to help you with that. I am offering a mini brand audit session so I can look at where you are with your brand where you want to be and together we look at the biggest things that are getting in your way. It is completely free and it's 30 minutes that can radically change the way you see your brand and how others see it as well. To apply for a mini brand audit, go to francinebelli.com slash audit. That's dot com slash audit. Well, today I have the great pleasure to have on the show Nabu Fal. She's an entrepreneur, a writer, and uh, doing quite a lot of things. And then she's going to explain all of these things right now in the podcast. Hi, Nabu. Welcome to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast. Hi, Francine. Thank you so much for having me on board. It's, it's an honor. Pleasure. It's a pleasure for me, actually. I've been seeing you uh, in the different uh, webinars recently. So tell us in your own words what you currently do. Um, I have a, I'm the CEO of a PR and advertising company, but uh, I'm also the co-founder of an incubator for entrepreneurs with other friends called Impact Hub Abidjan. And uh, I, regarding my, my, my experience and expertise in marketing and entrepreneurship, I am also um, a trainer. I do a lot of training in entrepreneurship, marketing, and I'm a certified coach in leadership and, uh, and whatever people call uh, personal development. So be it. <laughs> and I'm a writer. That's it, uh, basically. Okay. So what's your purpose? If I ask, what's your purpose? Uh, my purpose is to empower and uh, inspire, influence, impact African women to um, help them transform themselves in order to really be empowered and uh, find their voice and really be part of the, um, of the big transformation that we hope the continent is going to have. And uh, it's not only, the, actually, my women are more my, my main target and niche, but uh, and women entrepreneur. But uh, I really believe that uh, we have um, a lot of um, 
competencies in Africa that need to be put out there and need to be known. And uh, it's harder for women to show off and to really find their voices and dare to communicate and share their messages out there. So this is my purpose. My purpose is to really be part of an Africa that is positive, be part of the positive narrative like you are doing right now. You're contributing to writing the narrative, a positive narrative of Africa. And uh, I'm just part of that, uh, of that cohort with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. You know, that's great because, uh, you know, the more of us that can... Um, actually tell our story and share other people's story the better and the more people are going to listen or hear what really africa has got you know all the richness that's got from africa so that's cool actually so tell me when you weren't were kids which job did you want to do uh, when i was a child i wanted to be a writer and i wanted to have a nobel prize of literature that's a funny funny dream for a child but i really wanted to be a writer and sometimes, as old children, I wanted to be a singer, but uh, I didn't push sure. But I think every all the kids wants to be superstars when they see Michael Jackson and all these singers. And uh, I really wanted to be someone that transformed and has impact in my continent. That is mm. what I wanted. Um, I mm. didn't really know what and how, but uh, I knew that I had a, a role to play, a part to take in the in the change and the transformation of my continent. Yeah, I think that's great actually because you wanted to be a writer, but you write now, so that's actually like a full circle, right? Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> so, uh, yes, in between you had uh, acquired a lot of competencies and uh, experiences to really inform what you're doing. So it's always uh, interesting to see actually at people's background what we're, they were dreaming of. Some people, it's still the kind of same spirit, but this form change sometime into uh, what they are currently doing. So it's good to see that you come uh, from full circle. So in between, what have you been up to? What have you been doing then coming back? to, uh, you know, your full circle of writing and uh, spreading uh, good news, good stories now? I worked in telecom industry for uh, quite good 15 years uh, in various countries, uh, mostly in marketing and sales. And, um, and, um, and uh, I was an executive like everybody else in, uh, in very fast-growing industry. It was passionating. It was interesting. Uh, I was involved in various startup operations in various countries. And uh, I've learned a lot. It's uh, about other cultures, about people, about my continent also. So it was really um, enriching for me. Beyond the, the, the just the job, it was also a human experience and a social experience that has uh, shaped also the person that I am now. Mm, that's wonderful. So what would you say that is one thing that people don't know about you? Um, that I, when I was a teenager, I was absolutely not a confident person. I had some complex. Um, I was a very sick child. So I had been through a lot of surgeries. I had some scars that I still have and I was hiding them. And then uh, one day I just grew up and I said, uh, I can't say the world. <laughs> I said, okay, damn, <laughs> this is who I am. And this is part of me. This is, these are, these, these cars and whatever is uh, telling my story. 
So it's part of me. So I would just own it. And uh, I'm not going to be anyone else but myself. So I might as well accept me as who I am and, uh, and deal with it, you know? Yeah, so I get that one, um, you know, uh, being not being the confident, um, you know, in childhood, like is like massively, um, you know, widespread, actually, uh, condition, which are all, I'm also part of. Um, so uh, tell me, when actually did you really realize if that has happened already, who you are and what you are meant to do in life? I don't know if I have already finished realizing it, but it's a process. And uh, I can tell a story is that I, I was an executive quite early in the telecom industry. And I saw the way um, there was no really a way for African women uh, at that time. It was, and it's still now. And we always, people were always looking at us uh, like we were not supposed to be there, that we were taking somebody else's place. So, it was my experience that uh, made me, when I got to have the responsibilities and uh, the, the responsibility of hiring people, I was giving women the equal opportunity to be hired on unbiased, in an unbiased way. It was not that I was preferring men to women, but I was giving them the opportunity to be hired, not because they were pretty, not because they were wearing that, not because they were charming, but because they were good and they, were, they had potential, they were passionate, and they, they were committed to, to help us develop the business. So I, I, I think um, this started then. And when I got pregnant, I was not very well treated by my employer. And it showed me that being a woman, I was treated as if being pregnant made me useless, that I can't be continuing working. And it was um, emotionally, I mean, it, it, it was not easy. And all this showed me that if we don't take a stand as women, as African women, um, we that have the opportunity to be traveling, that have a voice that we can put out there, that have um, uh, the means to be visible. If we don't take the stand for others in order to have a transformation, then nothing is going to happen. And the more, like you said, the more of us, the better. You know, voices are coming up in different industries, in different um, fields, in women in sports, uh, women in mining. Uh, women in engineering and it's amazing I, I love seeing all this coming up and uh, transforming really the narrative of African women yeah so you are totally right so uh, I'm also getting um, you know I, I love really scoring and really looking at what women are doing in Africa and they are leading really the continent at the moment and we can see and um, and uh, we know that the change is going to come also from women and uh, with the help of course of men but uh, women are really up there, really making the change and, and, and being the change they want to see. And uh, this is what I'm passionate. I'm seeing it all over. I travel around the continent, all over the place, and I can see how women are really getting to those leadership positions now. And, uh, you know, when they get there, it's not just by themselves. They just want also to bring other people, to, to bring the community. They don't just think about themselves. And they are really thinking there's this new shift of consciousness of women knowing that they can also bring other people with them uh, to build that. So um, that, that's great, actually. Um, so um, what would you say that you have struggled with the most in life, uh, Nabu? Um, I don't know if I, I've really, I can't say that I've really, things were quite open, but I struggled to, sometimes people will look at you from, um, you know, um, I'm just doing that. Like you, you, 
you know, you don't count or you're nobody. And uh, I, I really didn't have to struggle because what I had to do is I understood that just by being myself, owning who I am, no one can make me less than I am. You understand? Some people will come with their privileges or whatever. They have more money. And I don't really care because I am who I am. And I'm proud of being myself. And uh, what I believe in, what I have in my head, what I can do is mine. And no one can take it away from me. And my story is mine and is unique. And this makes me different from another person. And I'm learning from others. And learn, others have to learn. I'm also, I also have to give things to give to others to share with them. Mm-hmm. So I, I cannot say I'm quite a positive person. And uh, maybe what I can say that I'm struggling with still today is uh, maybe I'm not very good at time management. <laughs> That's, that will be my main struggle. I'm very bad, but uh, I'll be there. <laughs> because you want to do too many things, right? <laughs> not that I'm doing too many things. No? It's a matter of time management. No, it's just a matter that instead of doing things, I may be watching uh, Netflix or reading, <laughs> especially these days when we are at home and um, the, 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 there's a shift in the way we live and a change of a paradigm and uh, it has been quite i believe that we are all somehow traumatized by what is happening yes. and we're not really accepting it yeah. and uh, we're pretending that it's okay but it's not okay yeah i think there is this phase definitely of uh, perhaps denial not totally denial but when you are in it sometimes you don't really realize but in hindsight you'll definitely and i definitely see that there is a pattern of people not also focusing right now um you know and uh, which actually you can also label time management but it's difficult to focus when you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring uh, actually so some people are better than others to kind of bypass that but at the end of the day we are all affected totally um <laughs> and some people manage that a little bit better than others uh and it's you know there, there's no denial that you know this is affecting us from all kind of level really emotionally um you know at all kind of level whether we accept it or not um and uh, but it, we just need to do the best that we can to um you know keep um, keep moving um so um tell me actually how did you finally from a kid somebody who was not confident as you say in the past to now being that woman what did you have to do to get there, to get that kind of confidence um, back in your life? I don't really think I did anything in particular. I forgot to say that I also struggle. The, my real struggle is sleep. I don't sleep. I have insomnia, chronic insomnia. So sleep is an issue. That's why when you don't sleep, you know, to manage your time is not easy also. I mean, like I can't sleep before the morning, so it's not easy, but it's okay. Um, what I'm going to say is maybe it's a process. It's not that I did something. Maybe by uh, being fighting, my mother always, I mean, like most of African mothers from their generation, they, they will tell you that um, they're the first generation after independence in, uh, in Africa. They will tell you that your, your studies, your work is your first husband. I'm sure you've heard that before too from your mother. I'm not, most of my friends, when I talk to them, we, we all relate to that because our mothers didn't want us to be put in a position where we depend on something, where we are vulnerable. And my mother was a widow very early when she was 21. So she's been through a lot. And you know what it is to be a widow in Africa? It's not easy. Yeah. So all this um, has taught me that I have to fight for myself and uh, fight for myself and work hard and work well. 
that uh, study was the way and is the way to get out of a certain condition and to really make it somehow. At least it gives you, it paves you a way, it gives you a path to reach something. So uh, when I realized that I was quite good at school, I'm, I've been a good student, and uh, I basically succeeded in the, 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 the way that I chose, and I it just realized, I think maybe that's one of the things that gave me confidence. And uh, I went to, to a summer camp, maybe also that helped me. Uh, when I was a teenager, I went to a summer camp, um, and uh, I was, uh, I got the best camper girl cup. I was the, it was a sports summer camp. I was the worst in sports, <laughs> zero. But maybe uh, having that cup showed me that I had other qualities, uh, human qualities that I could share with, that I was uh, open. I was not aware of those qualities until I got that, um, that, that, that cup. I was 14, but it's, it, it's quite positive. It affects you a lot. And one of my teachers, when I was in high school in Cote d'Ivoire, told me, um, in college, um, told me in my, you know, you have those books that teachers write inside. Um, and I never forgot that, 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 that um, what she wrote for me. She said that she knows that I am, future, I'm a, I am a future great lady. And, you know, that, that also gave me confidence. And my mother always had confidence in me and always pushed me. Uh, to be the best version of myself and to do my best to reach the best. I think all these things work in my favor in, um, in developing and becoming who I am and who I'm still trying to be because it's a process. Self-confidence yeah. doesn't stay. It, it can go sometimes when you go through things in life. It can be affected. So you always have to catch up yourself and, uh, and try and fight to come back to who you were. And that's what we call resilience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's totally great. So, uh, I was actually going to ask you, actually, in terms of in general, how would you say that your childhood has prepared you to be who you are today? You shared quite a lot already about how actually, <laughs> you know, being uh, you know, seeing your mom as role model and uh, how she brought you up also gave you um, that kind of outlook of going out for your your what you you have to go. Uh, is there anything else that you think that has shaped who you are? today? Uh, I think also the people that I've met, the countries I've visited. I've traveled a lot. I was lucky very early to travel. I mean, I remember one of my first holidays when I was 10 was in Togo, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I've loved that holidays to such an extent. I had so many good remembrance that I had to take my children to Togo. Wow. I took them four years ago. We went on the road. We went to by the lake Togo to a city, a place called Agbodrafo. Yes. And uh, it, was, it was very important for me to go back there with them, to show them the, the, the things that I've liked when I was a child, take them around and uh, meet new people going through. We spent a few days there and we took the road. We went to, to Bene, we went to, to, um, to Ida. We, yeah. we spent a few days there. So I believe that traveling also is a, a way of learning. Yeah. Meeting new people from different countries seeing the world from their point of view, their perspectives. And I would say that there's a book also that I've loved that has done a lot for me. I read it maybe 10, 12 years ago. I don't know. Um, It's uh, a book by Don Miguel Ruiz, The Four Agreements. Okay, I didn't know that. Amazing book. And uh, there's one chapter that I changed my perspective, especially in our African perspective. You know, people will be blaming at you. And I read something that when people blame on you, sometimes it's not about you, it's about themselves. Yeah. 
Don Miguel Ruiz, it's an amazing book, uh, The Four Agreements. Uh, um, it's a beautiful, you have four agreements and, and it takes you through um, a certain shift of thinking. I yeah. believe reading two books have shaped me a lot. I am a great reader and I read a lot of, lot of things. And um, you, you travel through books. Before yeah. you travel, before I was able to travel the world and visit all those countries, I visited a lot of countries through, my, through reading. <laughs> I love that. I can totally relate to that because when I was a kid, you know, I was spending all my days in my room and reading anything and everything I could. <laughs> I could draw. And then now also I'm a huge fan of traveling, um, you know, and better books were like my very, very first love. And uh, you learn so much. Um, you know, reading books. So, and it's still part of uh, what I do currently. I keep reading books uh, in all kind of formats. Luckily now there is audiobook that I don't have to carry all kind of book with me because I wouldn't know where to put them. <laughs> I have many books and audiobooks that I, uh, I, read, I, I read. So that's, that's fantastic, actually, to see how, you know, all those, uh, I'll put, uh, I'm going to put the four agreements, actually, in the show notes. So I didn't, I didn't hear about that. So I'll check this out. Please well. uh, read it and let's, let's, let's have an off, <laughs> off the record discussion. I'm okay. sure we'll have a lot to talk about it. Okay, I'll definitely do that. <laughs> <laughs> so now let's talk about our next segment, the money um, uh, part of this uh, conversation. So what are the ways that you are currently making money? Okay, so um, I have my PR uh, practice. So I do communication for some clients, help them in their communication. And uh, so, of course, I bill them for that. It's not free. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'll do also, I have uh, coaching. I do a lot of coaching in communication personal, I call it um, transformational communication, the way they transform themselves. Mm. I do trainings also. I give lots of trainings. Um, before COVID, I, had, I was giving a lot of keynotes. I was traveling a lot to give keynotes and the people were paying me for that. Uh, I was lucky to, to go to take trainings, to do um, a public speaking trainings. I believe in the power of improving myself. Because the more you have skills, the more you can build, the more you can make money. Yes. So I have several clients that uh, I, I work with. I do some performance communication coaching at the same time. And, uh, and, and it's a good model. I mean, uh, it's okay. Uh, I'm not complaining. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. So, yes, yeah, so you have like different streams of income. That's totally yes, great. I, I recommend different streams of income. You cannot just say that I'm going to do one thing and you have to just be organized in order that, uh, to make money. What I do is, uh, since I cannot also maintain all the time a full team, I do a lot of uh, subcontracting yeah. with experts and I work with them and uh, I just say, okay, I need this done for my clients. I brief them and we work together. Even uh, when I have some trainings, I can call someone else to train or I train with other friends. Mm. I have friends who call me who are coaches or trainers. I really believe that the future is in collaboration, cooperation, and cooperation. I don't believe in being on myself and saying, okay, I know everything. I'm going to do it on my own. Mm. I don't believe in that at all. Yeah. I think it's that. That's, that is a great model of course you know collaboration is like the key now you know because as you say we can't know everything and there's so many different moving parts uh that you know trying to do everything is like uh, impossible so much uh are changing quickly and then if everything comes you can't deal with it 
Hmm? Actually, I was, when I went on your website and I saw, because I also do a training, uh, coaching, because when you say communication, it's, it's also that branding part, personal branding part. And I saw the book, um, your um, playbook that you yes. work with. Yes. So I took it and I read it and it's going to inspire me for yes. a training. And, and I'm saying it, I cannot, you cannot know everything. So, yes. so I said, oh, this is an interesting resource. I'm going to tell Francine, can I use it? Uh, can I use it in French to put, take some things? Oh, but I believe that you have to acknowledge the person from which you get the resource from. Exactly. You know, it's very important and, yes. and share it and tell them. And because you can also give me some advice and give me some tips on doing it better. And uh, it's very important. Yes. I, I don't believe in going behind people's back and trying to steal what they're doing. And, mm. you know, the things that some people do and think they, it's impossible. It's mm. dead. Yes, exactly. That, that, that's the, 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 the model coming, really. So, and this COVID has, it's kind of accelerating what has started already. Um, you know, we are starting to see quite a lot of collaboration as well. And, uh, yeah, so this model, you know, I've been experiencing this model myself for the last five years. Um, you know, co-creating with other organization and people and it's, um, you know, it's working well. Um, so that's, that's cool. So in terms of online, how do you leverage online, um, you know, to actually make a bigger impact? Do you use online at the moment? Now, COVID, obviously, during COVID, everybody has to use online. But pre-COVID and in your business model, do you leverage online a lot? How did I build my brand? Actually, I, I believe that I built my brand from my blog that I started about women, African women in 2009. And, uh, and uh, this has really built my base, my notoriety, my, uh, my network. Also, I was uh, through that blog, I was invited to Nigeria. I went to uh, Gambia because it was firstly in English. I don't want to be criticizing, but I believe that English people, speaking people are more open to some things than us francophones. It's only after that I opened it to francophone, to French speaking um, audience, they were asking for it. And then I got a magazine that I was selling in Nigeria. So I was quite big um, in known in Nigeria. I used to live in Kinshasa at that time in DRC. Oh, okay. oh, yes, wow. I'm a Pan-African. That's what I told you, I'm an African. I can speak Lingala, I can speak Wolof. So anything, I'm, I'm there. <laughs> I can manage myself with a small house. I mean, Bambara. So I, I, I really believe that uh, Africa as a whole is a, is a fantastic territory for learning and, uh, and, uh, and understanding the world at large. So yeah. I, I, I really got that, um, uh, uh, that experience that built me. Uh, that experience of online, I get uh, clients that I coach online. I I had to shift. Like now, I have a training I should be doing in Dakar, but I mean I can't do it in Dakar. People want me to be on site, so I called the airline. I said, "Your first flight to Dakar, let me know." Or to Bamako, I manage a client uh, portfolio from Bamako. Uh, I do consulting. I, I manage the teams there from, but I do it everything from Abidjan. And, There's no uh, way that uh, the training in Dakar, you can do it online at the moment? I do. I'm going to do it yeah. partly online and uh, we'll have a one-day uh, present on, on site when I, when, whenever when we finish everything. Yeah. Mm. Yes, because um, at the end of the day, I believe that we need the blended approach. Yes. Yes, yes. We definitely, however, if the COVID is <laughs> not going to end soon, what are the models that uh, we can really, um, you know, think of, um, you know, at the moment to, to think uh, of um, using. So um, that's cool. So in terms of, um, 
um, you know, what, what actually we do, especially now, let's go, go back to you, actually. I'm sure you can relate to that because you speak French and English. How do you use both languages now um, in your work? So, because when you publish, do you publish both in French and in English or how does it work? So depending on my audience, um, as you know, uh, I'm a marketing person. So I know where my Francophone audience is and where, like, for example, for instance, on my Instagram, I know that 80% of my audience is from Nigeria. So I know that I built a Nigerian base and audience on Instagram. On Twitter, it's both mixed French and English and Francophones that speak English. So I alternate the messages. On Facebook, I know that there is a translation a mode. You can yeah. translate. So I just go for French or English. Whoever wants to understand will just put the translation mode. And um, on, um, on LinkedIn, I go from in French and the English, depending, because I assume that professionals, most of them are bilingual. And even people who are not fully bilingual, they try to manage and understand more and more because English is like the, the key. To, to belonging to the professional world today. Mm. It's hard to evolve if you don't speak English. And I encourage my friend, regardless of their age, to go for an English class. Yeah. It's very important. And sometimes I think, sometimes my brain thinks English, French, so I'm a bit confused because mm. some concepts are better explained and better uh, said in English, whether yes. we like it or not. Yes, yes. And English yes. is so simple. It's... Uh, so it's easy, but um, I, I'm a francophone at, uh, also, so I just juggle between the yeah. two languages. <laughs> I love yeah. writing in English, but uh, my my novel was written in French. So did you translate that? Did you translate your novel in uh, in English it's, after? Uh, no, I'm working on it. I've been working with translators, so it's a it's a, We hope that for 2021 we'll have the English version going on. Yes, yes. I'm also working on my book uh, to translate that in French. So <laughs> it's, it's always a juggle, yes, uh, to try what to know, it? you know, who actually, um, I, for example, like if I'm a Casablanca in Morocco and in other French-speaking country, I have my Slav in English, but I speak in French. And um, so you have to kind of uh, do in both uh, languages. And yes, so I've been talking about translating this book for a while now. <laughs> Thank I mean, you. That's me too. I've been thinking, <laughs> thinking about it for a while. But I mean, I, I like my articles on my website, I would send it to a translator. I do. I'm fully bilingual, but I'm not a translator. So I just sent it to her and she was translating it to me for me doing it. And I discussed with two or three translators here in Abidjan. So they agreed on taking the project. It has a cost, but I mean, the time that I would take trying to translate it, it would cost me more time. That would be time where I will not be working and not making money. Yes. So you have to, sometimes I had to make a choice. So I said, okay, I would just um, uh, have it translated. And, uh, but I'm like you, I've been talking about it and <laughs> we're in the same boat. Let's just have it done. Because actually we need your book. I wish I had your book because if I'm going to give a training, I would have had your book. It would have helped me. I could have um, gave it as a reference to my, to my uh, trainees. So it's important and uh, to have African perspective of things and Africans writing things so that we can also have our own people book that we can recommend. It's very, yes. very important that you translate it in French. You are totally Please. right. 
Mm-hmm. We need you're, it. <laughs> you are totally right. You, you, are, you are firing me up, so I'm going to finish that <laughs> as soon. It's, I'm actually 80% done, really, to be honest. So it's just like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, getting back to it and reviewing and things like that. So because I'm not writing a book of personal branding. You've done it, so I need it. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't have to write it. I will, I'll definitely finish that. People in Morocco also keep asking me all the time, when is the French version? Even in Paris as well. My friends are all keeping asking me, when are you going to finish that in French? Just finish it and make sure that I will be your distributor in, the, in this region. I will, oh. I will make sure that we'll, we will have it because we need to push that personal branding out there for totally. people to... This is going to transform our stories, transform Africa's narrative at large. That is, that is so true. Actually, my story started from this Africa perspective. The, why I started with personal branding, it was back in uh, 2011, the, 11, the 100th year of International Women's Day, when I was fed up of seeing all kind of a list that didn't represent who I was. And then I created this list, uh, the 20 uh, women, African women from the diaspora. And uh, started there, my journey of personal branding started. And uh, I've been invited um, in places different to talk about that. And then after I wrote the book, actually. So actually, it started somehow with some kind of African uh, frustration or some, uh, you know, yearning or, you know, um, yes, something that I wanted to get out there. I'll definitely translate that. So you are keeping me, um, you know. Yes, you I need it. <laughs> I need it. And, and maybe Francine, I may have you on, a, on one of my online classes to come and talk to my students. Uh, no, yeah. I, I would love that. You know, it this will, is how. It would be a great is. pleasure in French or in English. I can do both. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> so now, the other question in the money bit is that sometimes, as you know, sometimes people do something that they really love, especially like, as I call them, like heart centered entrepreneurs, but really hardly can get any money out of it or get paid well for it. And other people perhaps may be, you know, getting a lot of money, not doing what they love. How can we both do what we love and get paid well for it? Any perspective on that? Yes. Um, of course, writing a book doesn't make you money. It gives you notoriety. It gives you name. It gives you legitimacy. Like uh, my, my novel is about a woman. It's a story of a woman who discovers who she is, who dares being different, who takes a, a future into her hand, an African woman who is in an environment where divorce is not, uh, it's a novel. So uh, I'm not making money from that. That is a point. And uh, it takes a lot of energy, but I loved it. And I wish I could be a writer that makes money. If I was my choice, I would just be writing. But I also discovered that I had other talents that could make me generate income. So you need to find your uh, calling, not calling because the calling can change and can evolve through time, but you need to find what you're good at and what you can share with people. I mean, I have some friends that um, do cakes. You can show on people how to do cakes. People, some women need enhancement in their cooking skills. You can build them for that. You can go to people's house and give them cooking classes. There was a lady who was coming to my house to give cooking classes to my sons because I want my sons to know how to cook, you know. That is and great. <laughs> baking, we were baking um, together. I believe that each of us has a little gift that he can share with the world. And the gift is not always a professional gift. It, has, it can be something else that has nothing to do with your, your job. You can be, and we're seeing more of that now. 
You know, we see people that are engineers at, during the day and um, that make dresses at night. And uh, you can see people that uh, that are that sing during the, that give um, singing lessons. They have a voice. So there are so many ways. I believe that there's so many ways of making money. If you're broke, it's because you want to be broke. <laughs> but before you make that money, make sure that you develop your brand, yes. that we know who you are, that we know what you can give to the world, that we you are known, you are recognized. We know where to find you because yeah. people are here and they just. You can't just get up a, a day and say, oh, I'm going to do that. Build it. It needs building. You need to build a reputation around it. Yeah. You need to build something about it. Um, so that the day you come out and say, okay, I'm going to build for that, people will pay for it. Yeah. If today I say Francine, uh, personal branding, you legitimate. there's a legitimacy. People know that, okay, if I, okay, my, I tell my, tra- my people I have that tra- training called Impact, Show Up and Shine. And I say, okay, I'm going to bring it an expert. She's going to come and talk with you for 30 minutes and give you some keys. I know, I'm confident that I can have you on. And, uh, you know, I'm not worried. I'm not bringing someone that nobody knows. No, <laughs> exactly. it's very important. It's so important. You know, you can't, I, can't, I can't say that better than you. You just said it all. <laughs> yeah, no, that's totally true. So this is what I say. So today I say, if you are not visible, you know, you simply don't exist, actually, because, uh, you know, yes. if people don't know what, who you are, what's your expertise, what you can bring to the world, you simply don't exist. <laughs> so that's fantastic, Nabu. So now let's talk about movements. So which movement are you leading or would like to be part of? I'm already part of so many movements, uh, women in, involved move movement. I'm part of the Women Investment Club, of course, uh, which was an initiative started in Dakar by some ladies where uh, some women saved their own money to invest on the BRVM, which is our local, um, local stock exchange here in West Africa. And uh, I'm part of a movement called Refels, a movement of women. Uh, they've invited me to be part. I'm a mentor in many movements active in Côte d'Ivoire, um, in Mali, in some movement, Jider in Senegal. So I am um, some youth movements where I act as a mentor, not just me, but with other friends, uh, other people. And I, my own movement is called Wimnet. My movement is, uh, is um, not launched officially, but uh, what we're, we're going to do is we're going to do mapping of women, African women initiatives throughout the continent in order to create bridges, to build bridges, and uh, to share best practices and give them, be built, um, build capacities and give them more training in order to target better the issues that they're aiming at. So, wow. so this is something that I'm working on. I've been working on it. Um, but uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, I'm going to coordinate that initiative. It's in Mauritius. It's going to be based in Mauritius. I'm not going to be based in Mauritius, but the, the main office. So I think there's a lot to do by, by throughout the, the ecosystem of the initiatives. Mm-hmm. I'm also a co-founder of an incubator. Uh, this is a business, actually, an incubator called Impact Hub. It's a network of impact incubator. We have five, five partners. And what we do is uh, we try to empower entrepreneurs to give them the tools uh, to to build their, um, their image and uh, not only to build their business in different, we have cohorts, two cohorts. We have a third one starting in agribusiness. So 
I'm just trying to be wherever I can be of use, mm. where my experience can be of use. All the things that I'm learning from people that have, that have experience, expertise, I learn from others and I reframe it and I share with others. And uh, I believe this is how Africa is going to stand up and uh, go forward. Yeah, that's beautiful. Wow. I'm impressed by all those movements. <laughs> that I'm, not, is... I'm not there as a physical person, but I mean, I'm there. Yes, that is fantastic. Uh, you know, so much inspiration from all those women from movement, from entrepreneurs, women uh, empowerment, and uh, all these uh, African uh, capacity building. That's super. And how would you want to be remembered for, Nabu? I want to be remembered for someone that has, uh, someone has met and uh, has had a little, a smile that has soothed their heart. Uh, they have been influenced, inspired, that uh, maybe just the hello that I gave to them made uh, give them a, a good day, or the little word that I gave to them when they, they were in need of comfort made them change their perspective and improve their lives. Uh, maybe just someone that has touched people and transformed them in some ways just by being human and uh, empathy, a bit of empathy. I think this is more more important for me than anything because mm. nobody remembers uh, you, the clothes you were wearing. Nobody remembers the money you had. People remember, and Maya Angelou said it very well, people remember how you made them feel. Yeah, yeah. And I want to make sure that uh, when um, people remember me, they remember how them, I made them feel. And this matters for me. That is so great fantastic uh you know um you know um you know legacy actually you want to uh you know share and empower people how you make them feel you can make them feel so that's great so now um is there anything that you think that you have learned from all your experience that you most want to share with others yes um i've learned that what matters is to care when you care about people you get rewarded a tenfold. It's not about how much you own, but it's about how much you care about people. Just the simple fact of, and, and uh, we have experienced it during that COVID, what mattered is who was asking you, how are you? Is who was asking you, do you need anything? Who was asking you, what can I do for you? And I believe what I've learned for life, from life is that caring matters more than anything else. And when you care for people, they care for you and you get rewarded in some ways that you cannot imagine. Anything that I have accomplished that I can get forward with, it's because I cared for some people, they cared for me and they come back to me somehow. And it opens up doors. Sometimes you do things for free. People tell me, oh, I say, I don't mind. If there's a young entrepreneurs in Togo, I was in Togo in last year, uh, I can train some entrepreneurs in Lome and I'm there and my ticket is paid and I can give the training for free for two days. I mean, it can be my son. I have children. I want tomorrow someone to do it for my son. And uh, I believe that whatever we do today, our children, we benefit from it. Even if we don't benefit it now, we benefit from it tomorrow. So this is the most important thing I've learned from life. Generosity, authenticity and integrity. Mm, that's a wonderful wow yes caring for others that's uh, so so true actually these days especially we understand that notion even more 
uh, if we didn't understand that before now understanding that caring you know is uh, is important and in business is the same thing you know give and you shall receive rather than ask and you shall receive actually so that that's so fun actually and uh, now um tell me what is your definition of a meaningful work and meaningful life for me a meaningful life is a life that uh impacts and inspires and influence. A meaningful life is a life that is not self-centered, but community-centered, uh, especially for people like you and I, we, have, uh, uh, we are privileged compared to other people in our continent. So we are the ones who can impact and who can do. We cannot always wait for international aid to come. We cannot always wait for other people to come because when they come, because always they have an interest behind. Whereas this is the land of our children that we're going to leave for our children. So whatever we can do to lend a hand and, uh, and, 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 and share with others, this is the most important thing, even professionally. The reason why we got into the venture incubator, I was doing a lot of things, and I believe that it was important to be part of an impact, um, impact investment, impact work, because we're going to transform people. We're helping people to put their business out there to learn marketing, to learn finance, and we do it for free. Uh, we give them free training uh, because we have grants to do that. It's a, leg, it's a mission. Mm. Also, a meaningful work is uh, make sure that my, my, my customers are happy. When I take a job, I do it 100%. They pay me for that, and I have to deliver. I believe delivery is the key of success. Mm. Delivery is what makes you stand out from others. Everybody says doing this is doing that. And you know it. I mean, you're in a field of business. You will see plenty of people trying to do what you're doing, but they may not when delivery times, because it's not easy to craft the training. It's not easy. And to give a training is a lot of energy. Mm -hmm. And it requires some skills. Yes, totally. <laughs> so delivery is important. That's a meaningful work. It's a work where I deliver. Because no matter what you do, you can be 10 people who sell dresses. If you deliver, you will see your customers come back. Exactly. If you care for your people, they will come back to you. Yes, yes, yes. That's it. You know, excellence in delivery. Yes, totally. Um, you know, building a brand of excellence. That's super. Um, so any last piece of guidance that you would like to share with our listeners before we part? Uh, I, I would invite them to, uh, like you said, when you question, I, I have lots of very insightful articles on African women on my website, on my blog, nabulov.com. It's been up from since 2009. So it's the 11th year of the blog. It's not as active as before, but um, I think uh, there are some pieces of wisdom that, that me and not only me, yeah, because I believe in collaboration, other people wrote on it and uh, we've shared quite a number of things that only people talk about now, it was a lot of African women when nobody was thinking about us. Now we have become like a sort of a trend. And um, I think it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting blog to, to, to read, not because it's mine, but I know it's interesting. <laughs> you know, she's, yeah. Yeah. she's a personal branding expert. If I say it, she likes it. <laughs> no, that's, that's great. Yes, we'll uh, check it. Well, I'll put the link in the show notes, actually, for people to check. So definitely. And, yeah. um, and my book, unfortunately, is not in, uh, in, in English, but it's in French. It's called Evasion Virtuelle. 
And uh, I've also had a podcast lately uh, with the CDC in London, Africa List on Leadership. That uh, is interesting. I'll send you the link. And uh, Practice of Leadership. I wrote so many. I have a YouTube page where there are some resources uh, for mainly for French speakers on what to do, how to brand their companies uh, in times of crisis, how to do business in times of crisis, all those resources that we, all of us, uh, I mean, not just me, I'm sure you've done the same, I've been sharing all over the place in order to, not only to, to help people, but to help ourselves, because yeah. it was a, a way for me to heal and to go past the trauma that we're going through. You know, um, all these webinars, people are saying that too many, they don't understand that it's, it's a way for the humanity to, to heal together and collectively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I totally get that. Yes, we need this kind of connection. So whether it's virtually, so but at least we kind of feel connected in a way and know exactly. that we are sharing, still sharing the same experience and we can still communicate uh, no matter what. That is amazing to meet you, by the way. I, 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 I had the feeling that when I was talking, you were feeling like related to me in some ways, in the things that I was saying, I, I could feel that there was that connection. Yes, that's, that's totally true. Even, you know, the, the webinar that you also led last time, that's where I discovered you, actually. That was a very cool, good way, actually, to get people together. People have great things to share. And at the same time, you learn and then you heal. And uh, as you say, you connect with other people. And then I, I discovered you. And then here you are on the <laughs> podcast. If you haven't never shared i'll never have spotted you so this is exactly. what i say to people you know if you are not visible there's no way i can spot you or you know and feature you so exactly. uh it is uh important to be sharing our story sharing our expertise so this is how people are going to find you so that was a great great pleasure nabu uh, for to have you on this podcast it was really i was really it was very interesting to have you and sharing all your gems your wisdom on this podcast and thank you so much for being thank you so much thanks for what you're doing to transform our narrative in a positive one throughout the world thank you so so much for your contribution no problem thank you to, for thank being you. A part of this bye bye if you are a purpose driven entrepreneur and are struggling to attract and enroll your ideal client apply to a complimentary mini brand audit session with me so I can look at where you are at with your brand, where you want to be. And together we'll look at the biggest things that are getting in your way of building the business you're dreaming of. Go to francinebelly.com slash audit. That's F-R-A-N-C-I-N-E. B-E-L-E-Y-I.com slash audit. I only have few spots open every week, so you want to go there right now. So thank you for listening. The show notes of this episode of Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life are available on my webpage, francinebelly.com slash podcast with all the references and resources shared on the show. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to show your love and support, share it with your friends and colleagues on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Make sure you subscribe to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all the app where you are listening to this podcast so you don't miss any new episodes and leave me also a cool review because it's going to mean that a lot of people are going to see that and it's going to help me spread this message to many more people i will see you next week for another episode of this season six until then dream at a
Lots of love.